Welcome to this episode of Chamber Chat, brought to you by the Council Bluffs Area Chamber of Commerce. I'm Todd Studer, and we are joined today by Chamber CEO Drew Camp. Drew, thanks for your time, and welcome to the new studio. Oh, thanks. It's so nice to be here. It's always good catching up with you, Todd, and I'm so happy for you for your, uh, your new space. I appreciate that very much. And we want to talk to you today because you have a trip coming up in July that, well, l- let's just let you t- let folks know all about it, and uh, we can talk about uh, more specifics about that. Yeah, so we're excited for the first time since I've been here and the first time that the Chamber's done one since Bob Muntz days here. Uh, we're doing a D.C. trip July 19th to 20th. It's only one night. We're doing it in a very expedited fashion just because it's our first time back after a while. It's a little smaller group. Ideally, going forward, it'll be a larger group and over two nights uh, where we can incorporate a reception as well. But we're just really excited to provide the opportunity for some key stakeholders and community leaders to get out there as a group because it's really important to get out there and advocate, but it's also super important to get those people out out of uh, the community together and allow that opportunity to network in kind of a common space, this case being D.C. Well, you use the the key word there, network, but also I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of benefit besides that as well. Oh, most definitely. There's some huge projects um, going through the federal government right now. Obviously, there's ARPA funds coming down to the state infrastructure funds coming down through the state to a, a potential local localities. But when we look at some of our priority issues, I mean, the front and center one, the top one will be uh, the multimodal bridge and streetcar and the work we're doing with the Federal Transit Administration to try to bring some money home. That's going to be well over uh, probably $200 million um, to get something like that done. So it's key to already be cultivating the relationships we are across the river to have those conversations to jointly put an application into the FTA with Omaha and we're doing that already, but getting out there and talking to some folks uh, in the D.C. office of D- USDOT within FTA who will be seeing those applications once we do put them forward in the next few years is going to be hugely important because anytime you're looking at something $200 plus million, obviously you're going to have to have a large, a large amount of uh, federal dollars coming in to help fund it. Has all that been locked up? I mean, are, are we? do we know we're moving forward with all of that, or are we still in planning stages? It's still in the planning stages. So right now where we're at, um, without going into too much detail with um, the streetcar and multimodal bridges, we do have to get Omaha to formally sign on um, that they are going to go forward in a joint application with us, with Council Bluffs to the FTA um, for the multimodal bridge to get from where they are ending their service in Kana, at the ConAgra campus in south downtown over the river to the south of Dodge Park Apartments, um, Dodge Park area, to really cultivate that opportunity for development of the Dodge Park golf course into a mixed-use development, and then tie in the streetcar piece that would then tie into the First Avenue corridor is the plan. But that said, once we're able to move forward with that, we then have to engage an engineering firm to do some advanced conceptual engineering, some economic forecasting. Omaha has already done all of this. That's why they're moving forward with their TIF agreements and things along those lines. But those are things we'll have to do as well once we know that we are moving forward with Omaha for an FTA application, as I mentioned, because the sheer cost of it is quite large. Well, and it, it getting back to the trip, it sounds like it's going to be a fairly fast trip, so you need to keep things pretty concise and keep things moving along pretty well because uh, it, it, just a fast turnaround. Oh, most definitely, and especially the people we have going on the trip, and I'll touch on that in a little bit, but you know, you really want to make sure you utilize their time well because their time is extremely valuable. Um, so we're really planning on going to DOT and having a meeting there uh, with the applicable parties, like I mentioned. Then we'll do a dinner together. That's a really important opportunity for everyone to have a chance to um, to converse and just talk about common goals and shared objectives. And then the following day, the 20th, before we fly home that evening, we'll meet with not only all of the 
Iowa delegation, which is four because we're actually going to meet with Congresswoman Axney and Congressman Feenstra because we're transitioning to Congressman Feenstra in 2023, but also the three uh, representatives uh, from Nebraska, the two senators and Congressman Bacon. So we'll have a full day on that 20th, the 20th, making sure we're getting to all of those meetings as well to really put a bug in there specifically, like I said, about that priority issue of the multimodal Virgin Streetcar. It, you're going to be talking with them. Is there anything that you're hoping to learn from them out of this trip? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe a little bit about plans to combat inflation, to uh, bring about some uh, resolutions with supply chain issues. Um, there's just a lot of issues right out there, out, right now out there. You know, obviously, uh, gas prices with the association, association with the war in Ukraine. Um, trade is always a popular one to make sure, especially with Canada and Mexico, being that that's where the predominant amount of our trade occurs, especially from Iowa. So those are areas that we'll want to make sure we talk about. We'll also want to talk about workforce development and education and how those two pair together. And with the, that in mind, we're extremely fortunate to have both superintendents, Dr. Hazing and Dr. Murillo. And uh, Dr. Kinney's not able to make it, but he is sending Matt Mancuso, his executive director of economic and workforce development with us. So we'll have a good group of folks to get together, uh, paired with myself, obviously, on the chamber side to talk about workforce, but then also talk about refugees and immigration. That's a big topic, especially when you look at it tied to workforce. And also you can tie it back to the economy. Um, those are all important pieces. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Google's our gracious sponsor for the trip. And we'll also, as we have been doing for some time, uh, make sure we're talking to them about timely uh, tech and antitrust issues too. You mentioned the economy a couple of times. It's not a mystery. Everyone knows that things are pretty tight right now. Where do you see things with the business uh, in the Council Bluffs area, and especially where the Chamber is concerned? What are some of the challenges that everyone's facing? Well, workforce is the number one, and that's just that's been a recurring problem for years now, and it's been even more exacerbated by the increasing cost and the uncertainty in the economy brought about by inflation and a war in Ukraine um, and the things that that's done to trade commodities and purchasing and things along those lines. Supply chain issues all factor into that. But Workforce is such a key piece because you look at people that are hearing, by people I mean employers, um, that are hearing the possibility of a recession because of inflation and those factors I touched on, you're already seeing them kind of pull back the reins a little bit on, you know, job listings and really kind of just say, let's figure out where we're going to be here. Um, just hold the, um, hit the brake pedal a little bit, figure out what that's going to look like before we move forward with some hiring. So we are seeing that on some level, but that said, you know, our primary employers, employers have lots of jobs. There's well into the thousands. And if you look at our primary employers and the available jobs that they have here, it's never uh, not the case where there's more jobs than people to fill them. And I don't know if there's a bigger industry hit harder than the food industry right now. I was speaking with a restaurant owner just the other day, and he said that he had some people that were going to be taking some time off, and he was going to be down to two servers for an entire week. It, it It's a different kind of situation that's going on right now. Oh, most definitely. And they're seeing increased, as I mentioned, again, because of inflation, supply chain, a litany of things. Um, also, so, uh, workforce, they're having to pay people more um, to keep them hot. Um, to keep them hired or employed, but also attract them. Um, so there's just a lot of issues they're having to deal with, plus the fact they're coming out of most likely the hardest two years that they've ever had um, with all the limitations COVID placed on them. So it's a really hard industry to be in right now. Um, and that's something that we are, obviously, as we talk about those things. We, I didn't specifically reference, you know, the restaurant and food and hospitality industry, but they're ones that have been hit especially hard and they have a lot of jobs that are needing to be filled. And one of the things that we talked about uh, that I mentioned earlier, the refugees immigration uh, piece, 
they can be a critical conduit in a workforce uh, for those industries. Um, you know, there are some language barriers sometimes, but there's resources for that, whether it's in our uh, community school districts, K-12, or it's in the community colleges. There's ways, plus Central Latino, other nonprofits who are working in that space. So it's just really making sure that we're able to provide those resources to people to get those individuals who have employable skills into jobs. Well, and at the same time, though, I'm on the Council Bluffs uh, Chamber email list, so I see when new ribbon cuttings are coming open, uh, coming up, and that's still happening. We're still seeing new business startups. Almost definitely, and it's on the full gamut. It's from your, you know, micro small businesses, entrepreneurs, all the way up to your primary employers with 500 plus, you know, that aren't classified technically as small by the SBA. So that's something that we continue to see the broad cross-section of different industries too. I mean, your transportation, logistics, warehouse, distribution, food production, advanced manufacturing, down the line, um, you're continuing to see it, hospitality, retail, restaurants, all those different pieces. You're seeing those um, individuals hiring, building, expanding, um, really trying to provide those resources to folks in the best way they can. Well, what else is going on at the chamber right now? You guys are always busy. I've never, uh, <laughs> I see the list of things that, events coming up and everything else that is just a, a constant cycle that you guys are keeping things moving. Oh, definitely. And it's funny that right now is actually kind of a slow period um, just because, you know, the summer times as it is for a lot of folks, people are traveling, things like that. So the next big thing we have is our golf outing and Kim uh, Boothie does an amazing job. Obviously she has ever since she's ta- uh, taken over it and done it. Um, does a really good job with the briefcase open. We're excited to have that coming up here at the end of August at the Council Bluffs Country Club. We do switch off between there and Bentry every year, so we're excited for that. Um, we are going to be doing some stuff with policy here in the next few months, you know, leading out of the primary, the beginning of this month, into the general. There's some opportunities to network with those folks uh, that are going to be on the ballot in November. Obviously, that's really important because it'll determine um, the control of, of the U.S. Congress and obviously our state Congress, as well as some key local positions, you know, for county uh, officials, county board, things along those lines. So we're excited about those opportunities as well. We're doing some things myself um, with our partners at Iowa Western and Advanced Southwest Iowa. We'll be out doing our business retention surveys, um, getting into businesses, talking through how things are going with them, how we can help them. Are they looking to expand? How can we help make that a reality? Those are really important things for us to be doing as well. We're also going to be providing some new diversity, equity, and inclusion videos. We did in-person events back in May. Um, they weren't as well attended as we wanted them to be. Um, so what Alicia and I came up with uh, in having a conversation of what that could look like with our partners is that maybe we just need to give it to people so they can do it in the comfort of their own home, their own office, at their own pace, um, and really kind of just have that access um, at their leisure versus having to go to an event where they're in front of other people. They might not be comfortable because their level of understanding and comfort with the topic isn't as good as someone else's might be. So just meeting them where they're at. We're going to do those videos here and have those coming out here in the next few months. So we're excited about that. Alicia has some good workforce programming she's working on for uh, it's called Lift, Leveraging Individual Female Talent to mentor some females who may have left the workforce, connect them with uh, some professional women in the area that might be good mentors for them as they transition back into the workforce. Um, So those are some good things with regards to workforce. Impact is always doing great things on a monthly basis. They have a Ollie the Trolley um, tour for uh, art here in the community coming up here in the not too distant future. That's a good opportunity for folks to network with their young professional peers. Um, And then also 
we just have a few other uh, pieces that we're working on as well. Like I said, with uh, the golf outing coming up and just some other good programming and events that we're looking at. And uh, the last thing I'll touch on is just leadership. Um, leadership's a key pinnacle piece of what we do at the Council Bluffs Area Chamber of Commerce. And Lori, right now, uh, we just put out um, acceptance letters, so to speak, emails to the folks that we want to have be part of LCB Class 35 next year. Um, so we're hoping to get that filled here in the not-too-distant future. We're going to do a bigger class of 25 with the last few years. It, it only made sense for us to provide that opportunity to some more people. And then we're also looking at getting uh, the Youth Leadership Council Bluffs program here uh, vetted and get those individual juniors um, throughout the community decided on here in the not-too-distant future. So that can kick off in the fall as well. So there's some good things happening. There always is. There's always plenty to do. Before we let you go, in your from your vantage point, have we – officially made the transition all the way out of COVID and back to the way things are going to look now, or is that still a process that's going on? Though, yes, we have. Um, you know, our organization is very much all back in person. Everyone we're interacting with is back in person. There is only a few businesses that I've heard from or nonprofits that they're just now this month have gotten back to the full swing of things. Um, that's the last ones I've heard of, but you know, it's really been Q1, Q2. I think everyone's kind of gotten back to normal, whether it's with their sales and their outreach, their events, whatever it is. Um, everything does seem to be pointing in that direction that we are back to normal and that we're, we are open for business. And we're really excited about that because um, the last two years have been challenging and provided a lot of uncertainty as a result. So we're really excited to be coming out on the tail end and have the opportunities that presents. Well, and we're excited to hear more about uh, the successful trip that you're about to take out to DC. And, and uh, we uh, are thrilled of everything that you guys are all at the chamber. I've, I've had uh, conversations with nearly everyone there. I think everybody that works in your office, everyone's extremely helpful. I would not be sitting in this facility right now that uh, without the help of the Council Bluffs Area Chamber of Commerce. So thanks you and, and uh, to everybody involved. Well, thank you, Todd. I appreciate that. And we're so happy that you're here in this facility and providing that great amenity and resource to folks here in the Council Bluffs community. And thanks to you for listening to Chamber Chat. We will be back uh, very soon with another episode.